The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Brandon Junior Hockey fans, you've waited two decades for this. In the league's 50th anniversary, your Wheat Kings are the champions. Well, good week once again. Welcome to episode 51 of the Weekly Harvest, presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wheat Kings. Weekly Harvest, all about 51 episodes available at the home of the Wheat Kings, Q Country and QCountryFM.ca. My name is Chris Falco. He's Brandon Crow. Crow, how are you this week, bud? Oh, I'm getting tired. <laughs> and I say that, Here I come with I the big that. energy, the big intro, episode 51. How are you? <laughs> uh, it's like talking yeah, to okay. Eeyore. I pulled a bit of a Ross Geller there. You know how on Friends, they, you know, he comes in into hi. the cafe and he's just like, hi. hi. Okay, okay. Let, let, you know what? Let me restart. I am great, Chris. I, uh, no, it's, I get know, it. I get it. Listen, listen. You were in the thick of it, but the finish line is in sight. I mean, here we are. We're now, uh, see, I'm even scrambling. 15, 16 games in? 16 games into the, into the hub games here. into the 24-game hub. Uh, you know, we're still averaging a game just over uh, every two days. We're on the verge of a couple of back-to-backs here this week that uh, we, we haven't really experienced so far. Um, so no, like the, the days and the nights are starting to are starting to come together. So uh, I'm definitely not going to hold any grudge if you uh, if you're gonna. I don't I don't want to say I'm tired. That's a bad I, word to use because you know, realistically, I'm the radio guy. Like, how hard is my job? And I get that, <laughs> I get that from a lot of people. Like. I sit in a chair and I watch hockey. Like, how exhausting can that be? Uh, but, you know, it's not necessarily the physical grind. It's just emotionally because you're so dialed in all the time. Like, yeah. it, for example, and, and you can attest to this Mentally as well tired. in the office. Yeah. You know, when I'm at home and we play a regular home game, you know, when I get up in the morning, I've got other stuff to do around my house. So I don't normally start, you know, really thinking about the game till around 11 o'clock. And, you know, I do a couple hours of work. And it, while I'm doing that work, I'm doing other things. You know, I'm going outside, I'm feeding the animals, or I'm taking the dog for a walk. You know, you're doing different things. But here in the hub, you wake up and you've got nothing else to do but hockey. It's great. But your mind is just constantly on all the time. And then you you got the game and it's hard to go to sleep after the game, as we've talked about, because you're still jazzed up about the game. So uh, it's thrown my internal clock right off. And I heard you talking to Perry in the post game before he went live on the radio last night that your clock is just right messed up as well. Well, all these late games, like we don't get out of the, I and mean, we're starting to hit our grooves. So we're getting out a little earlier, but uh, we're, we're, we're still not, you know, we're at the office until quarter after 12, 1230 um, earlier in the hub. We were there till at least one o'clock and that's getting out of the office, but that's still not actually finishing like our job. So, I just, that's at the point I can leave stuff to upload. So I come home, I log onto my computer right where I'm sitting right now, and, and then I finish off the highlights, which is like after one o'clock in the morning by the time they're actually done. Cause yeah, I still can't go to sleep after the game. So you're up till two, three o'clock in the morning. And then I got kids, so got to wake up and get them to school the next day. So I'm, those days I'm running on like four hours of sleep and, um, the days can really start to start to come together. But like we were saying, at least when they're winning, it's a little more doable because you're having fun. Losing these last two games has made it a little bit less so. But hopefully, with the uh, you know the, the schedule this week, the guys can get back in the win column. We're going to talk about uh, the games that were and the games that are coming up in a little bit. I know a lot of people though, Crow. They were uh, very interested this week in our giveaway because last week for episode fifty, we wanted to uh, we wanted to uh, make a big splash. 
Uh, we wanted to have some fun. So not only we had Kelly McCrimmon, uh, which was a fantastic interview, as he, as he always is, but we had our social media giveaway where we have up for grabs the Eric Roy autographed, not autographed, the Eric Roy game-worn jersey, Warn. the autographed Jordan 2-2 poster, the classic poster um, from Weber Printing, plus we've got that autographed Ivan Provorov 8x10 print. And a big thanks to everybody. We had a lot of shares and comments on that to Facebook post and the email inbox this week, Crow. Uh, you know what? We Maybe we should uh, we should go through some of these before we announce the winners, if you want to do that. Yeah. Uh, while you pull that up and get ready to read a few of the yep. uh, emails, we want to thank everybody. We jumped with well, the Weekly Harvest. When I say we, I mean the Weekly Harvest yeah. uh, jumped 70 spots mm. up to number 30 in the Canadian Hockey Podcast rankings on Apple. Uh, which is ahead of, you know, the Winnipeg Jets ground control, a number of NHL teams. We're the number one junior podcast. I mean, the Blades have one. A couple of other teams have them across the CHL. But um, after that episode 50 with Kelly McCrimmon dropped, this podcast jumped 70 spots to the 30th ranked hockey podcast in Canada. So to put that into perspective, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show in Winnipeg, which is another popular podcast, they're number 26. So, I mean... Wow. Uh, the support this week has been excellent. Of course, having a great guest like Kelly McCrimmon uh, always makes things a little Definitely bit easier. Helps. And of course, yep. <laughs> uh, we have Luca Berzan coming on later on in this episode. We've got Ryan Stone booked for either next week or the week after. Of course, he's a legendary week king from his days. And then uh, we're going to hear from Caleb Dahlgren as well, the survivor of the Humboldt Bronco bus crash. who has got a new book out. So a little bit of uh, different hockey talk. But again, we've seen that uh, we've done that a few times on the pod where we go outside the box, but uh, certainly we've got a, a number of great guests coming up because we want to continue to provide you, the fans, with a, a great opportunity to listen to some to some stuff and kind of get out of reality for an hour uh, or whatever it is a week. So, so thank you for downloading. Yes, a big thanks for downloading. going to say, not just listening, but for downloading and subscribing because with the podcast, it's almost impossible to actually get real listener data. Like your device doesn't track if, if you just sometimes stream it and listen to it. So we have no idea how many actual listens. But when you do click download or you subscribe, it, it does help us with some kind of metrics. So we, we really do appreciate that. On the social media giveaway, it was just one of those ones where you tag a couple friends and like it. So there wasn't a whole lot of interaction. But in the email inbox, we said that for a bonus entry, if you uh, drop an email to qweeklyharvest at gmail.com and tell us just what your favorite episode was or who your favorite guest was, you get a bonus entry into these draws. So before we get into announcing the winner, I thought, because it was uh, pretty popular, and, you know, because we did 50 of them, Crow, and we talked about our favorites, uh, I would love for, if you don't mind, we can talk about this, but maybe I'll read these out here right now. Um, I would love it. We can, you know, hear what the, what the fans think, what their favorites were. So Trisha Brannon says, the Ron Hextall episode was my favorite. Congrats, Brandon and Chris. That was nice. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Joel Charles says, my favorite weekly harvest so far has been Brian Prop, my favorite weeking of all time. We've got Jonathan Other saying uh, his was the Tanner Caspic one. That was a pretty good one, too. I almost forgot about Cass. That was I one. forgot about Caspi, yeah. Weekly Harvest with Tyler Coulter, Mad Caskew says. The Tyler Coulter episode. So just recently, we had a really good talk, actually, with, with Tyler. He was really popular when he was here, and now I can only imagine, like, if he was to be a player again, just that character and personality so well-spoken. Uh, oh, our good friend, Crow, Dan Block. 
Dad Walking Red Deer says the best episode. What do you think? The best episode has to be Scooters, of course. Let me know how to claim my prize. Thanks, Dan. Dan's, Dan's fantastic out in Red Deer. Uh, Trent Tart, hey there, guys. Great job on your weekly show. You have a lot of great guests. I think the one I enjoyed most is the episode with Scooter. Such an awesome guy. And listen to those stories he shared was hilarious. Anyway, uh, great show. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Trent, for that. Uh, Brendan says, every episode, nice to listen to. Brennan Kowalchuk, you oh, and my mom. It, just, no, yeah, just, I'm, I'm glad you threw his last name in there so people didn't think it was just me just emailing it was you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Myrna, uh, Myrna Brennan says, uh, Scott Halady was my favorite. Lots of votes for Scooter here so far. It's like the third one. Richard Marsh, great podcast as always, fellas. My favorite podcast have been Krim, Richie. I love the way Tyler Coulter tells the story. Yeah, me too. I uh, can't wait for October to start watching live. Love watching the hub action though as well. Uh, Richard, uh, Helena Rizzuto says, hi, my favorite episodes are the ones with Darren Ritchie. Thanks for all the great content. Enjoy the rest of the time in the hub. Best Helena. So there you go. Crow. Helena's telling you stick in there. Enjoy uh, yeah. it. <laughs> Matt Penner. My favorite episode has to be the one with Chris Dingman. I remember going oh, to watch him when I was 14, 15 and was just in awe of his, of his size and ability to smash guys around. I'd wait around after a game to get his autograph as we lived out of town and it was a treat to get to a game. I really enjoyed watching that team play. Now I work for Alternative Landscaping, and Dinger was talking about Griff's Sports Lounge. So, of course, I had to Chris ask Chris about those days. The stories he always tells were hilarious along uh, him getting in trouble. Anyway, that's my favorite episode for sure. Connected a lot of dots in my personal life. Keep it up. Great work. Aaron White, Tyler Coulter, reminiscing about growing up in the Brandon. Uh, sorry, Tyler Coulter, reminiscing about growing up in Brandon, the talent he grew up with, and inevitably winning a WHL championship. Really pretty cool when you think about it. That really is for a lot of branding kids when they get to hear that story. Chris Farmer loved episodes when you get the coaches on. Favorite episode is the original time you had Kelly McCrimmon. I'm a big Jordan Tutu fan, so hoping to win that autograph. Cheryl Hastings, favorite episode number 50 with Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, and Andrew Hicks says, uh, great app. Um, Kelly McCrimmon, I... I also have a McCriminal t-shirt. So, <laughs> so he's one of the guys who actually has one of those McCriminal t-shirts we were talking about last week. Very, very busy email inbox. That's the most emails we've ever had. So thank you uh, to everybody who who, who dropped those. Um, now, Crow, before I read those out, we've already put all of those names into the draw with the social media. And I left it to you. And we did this randomly generated so that all yep. the names who followed... Plus, like we talked about, those email inboxes, I, at least we got those names, so we put them in. You have our three winners with the prize. So, here we go. The winners <laughs> I, of the episode 50 giveaways. Before yep. I do that, I have to let the fans know that our office staff do a first goal uh, draw for every game. Like, just a fun little game. And, and you do this random generated uh, yep. order. Yeah. To determine who gets to pick first, and then the draft just on this website, yeah, it, it just yeah. randomly generates your your list, yeah. And so when we were doing this, I thought this is so dumb because I have never, I I don't think I've ever picked first ever. I couldn't win your lottery if I had the only ticket in your lottery. So I was thinking, however you do this, uh, I hope it's somebody good that wins because it's never me that ever wins in your. Random that, draw, and that's website. why I left it to you because <laughs> <laughs> I was tired of doing it, and you, and have, you knew how. So I have zero luck. So uh, congratulations. We'll start with the Jordan Tutu autograph poster, uh, and it will go to congratulations, Richard Marsh. 
winner of the Jordan Tutu poster. Uh, the Ivan Provorov signed, is it an 8x10? Is it an 8x10 folder? Yeah, yeah, it's an 8x10. Um, and, and it goes to, and, and it's, oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, it's, it's a Pro V Week King autographed 8x10. Oh, yeah, 10. Not, not a Philadelphia. Not yeah. the Flyers. It's, it, yeah, it was when he was still here. Uh, the Provorov 8x10, Chris Farmer. Oh, he said he wanted the 2-2-1. Well, maybe him and Richard can make a swap. Oh, with the email. Uh, oh, you see, maybe we should have read him and Richard and can make a swap. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Um, and uh, our jersey winner for the Eric Roy game-worn jersey, number seven, white jersey, goes to Harold Fisher of Brandon. And ironically enough, you, uh, when we made the name, you clicked on his Facebook profile because he's a winner from our social media half of the draw. And one of the logos he had as his profile picture was the angry farmer weeking logo, which of course is on the shoulder patch of this Jersey. So, uh, six degrees of separation there. Harold Fisher is the winner of our Eric Roy Jersey. Uh, there will be a post squad on social media with all of our winners. Uh, but, uh, in order to claim your prize at any point this week, just stop by the Weekings team store, uh, and uh, if they're not there, ring the bell, and somebody will come down and help you claim your best. <laughs> ring the bell. Uh, when we were at league meetings, side story a couple <laughs> of years ago, when we were at league meetings and everybody was talking about uh, just like how they run their team store, about like, you know, some teams have full-time staff, some some teams don't, they all pick up, you know, when people come in or whatever, and they're wondering like how that works. Um and we said, well, our store is not connected exactly to our office, so we have a doorbell that rings, and we go down and let them in, and we seriously got laughed at at the league meetings. Every started laughing, and we were like, we we're just kind of dumbfounded. We we're like, we thought that was actually a pretty good idea. Like, somebody comes, <laughs> and they ring a doorbell, and we can come down My and let them in. My favorite thing, though, is sitting in the office at, like, Friday at, like, 5.30, and everyone's tired from working or whatever, and all of a sudden you hear, Ding. <laughs> and everybody in the office just goes, ah, oh. <laughs> the bell. Uh, so congratulations again to our winners. You can claim those prizes at the, at the week King store, a massive thanks to the BWK team store for uh, donating that Eric Roy game worn Jersey for our giveaway. Uh, the team store, it's all new. So if you have not been there in a while, cause obviously you probably haven't with everything going on. Um, the amount of new week King stock that's in there, it's phenomenal. Uh, it, there's so much nice new stuff. The new Grayson line that is the stealth inspired line. So and unfortunately, just the way the jerseys productions work, we don't have replicas of our new stealth jerseys, a very popular look that's uh, turned out to be the, this this year. Uh, but we have other clothing that is that stealth inspired look with the grayed out logo, with the blacked out logo and high end quality stuff with the Grayson. So thank you to the Week King team store for donating that and to encourage you to go and, uh, and check that out. Uh, our guest this week. We have got uh, a guy who we're not going all too far back. He was actually a guy, Crow, that uh, we were maybe fully expecting uh, that he could have been back for this season uh, had he not turned pro. But uh, it was a great talk. We got a, had a chance to sit down with Luca Burzan. Yeah, and he's uh, he's a guy I've always enjoyed talking with in Brandon. He's gotten significantly better at talking since he arrived. Uh, you know, these players sometimes are kind of young and have never really had a camera or a microphone in front of them. But uh, he turned into a real, a real fun personality around Brandon and uh, when I texted him a couple of days ago and said, hey, Burrs, you want to jump on the podcast? He responded right away and was said, yep, love to. Can't wait. So uh, he was exciting, uh, and uh, we had some good stories. Uh, he's still uh, young and trying to find his way, and uh, so he doesn't have quite the stories that old man Tyler Coulter does. But uh, certainly for fans of the most recent teams, the Brandon Weekings, it'll be uh, nice for you to hear what's going on with Luca Burzan. Here we go. Episode 51 of the Weekly Harvest. Joining us as we were talking about is Luca Burzan. Burz, how are you, man? Doing good. How are you guys? 
we're we're doing really well. Uh, we're experiencing a whole different kind of hockey season up here this year. Uh, how's your season going? Uh, where where you are? Fill the fans in. No, it's been it's been good. Kind of you know get used to pro life here. Um, obviously, it's been it's been a lot more difficult. Guys are a lot stronger and faster, and um, there's a lot more details. You got you know less time on the ice to make plays and all that sort of stuff. So um, other than that, I think you know I'm having fun, learning a lot, and. Uh, guys have been super good here as well, so um, that makes it a lot easier. What what city are you guys actually playing out of down in Colorado? Um, Loveland, Colorado. It's about an hour away from Denver. Okay, and that's just north of Denver, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've driven through it and I've seen the sign that says "Home of the Colorado Eagles." Uh, t- tell us a little bit about how your COVID off season went, because you know when the season was canceled <laughs> back in March, you as a player didn't really know what to expect. Now. What sort of direction did you have from maybe the Avalanche or from you know Hockey Canada? Anybody like what? What was your summer like? Yeah, you know what it was. It was difficult because you know I we didn't, weren't really hearing anything from uh, the Avalanche and you know no idea if the the WHL would start or anything like that. So um, you know what for BC, I know Manitoba and the other provinces had a little bit of trouble getting ice, but uh, BC was open for the most part for us. Um, so it wasn't too difficult to train. I think it was probably close for a month. I think when the uh, the nineteen and twenty year old rule came out, and then they uh, opened it back up for us. So it wasn't too difficult uh, with that, you know, getting ice. But uh, you know, I think yeah, it was it was weird. It was a really weird year, uh, really weird off season. But um, you know, we kind of got to adapt to that sort of thing. Um, you know, hopefully it doesn't ever happen again in the future. But you know, it's just a little bit of adversity, and you know, it just gets you better. Loveland, Colorado has much the same scenery as Brandon, Manitoba, right? <laughs> Just a bit different. <laughs> how is now, how is how has the adjustment been from 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 going from junior into pro this year? You know, after all that was said, after all the uncertainty of not knowing how it was going to go, where you're going to end up, you're going to be back over front of the year. But how has it been so far? You know, I've uh, I've loved it. Obviously, um, it's a lot different. Um, like I said, guys are bigger and stronger, but. Um, I think the most important thing is, you know, you got to be dialed in every single day, every second, you know, um, you know, it's, uh, Greg Cohen here, he's really, uh, detail oriented. So, you know, you got to be dialed in every practice and, you know, go over clips and video and just try to get better every day. So I, uh, two summers ago before your, uh, before last season, uh, I went on a camping trip through Colorado and at one point setting up my tent, it was on like a bit of an incline, like. I don't know, maybe 30 yards of an incline. And yeah. like me going from the bottom to the top sucked the life right out of me. The altitude, I just, I, I am out of shape to oh, begin with, but it, it just killed me. And then my wife dragged me on like a 10 mile hike. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of my soul left my body that day. But for you, how, how tough was that to adjust to? Because it's a real thing and people don't think about it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Actually, uh, I was dying the first few days here, even like coming back from road trips, you have a day off, you can feel it the next practice. Um, for sure. Uh, guys struggle with that, but you know, honestly, I think it's an advantage for our team when teams come in, I think we're a really well conditioned team. So it helps a lot. 
the day that we're so recording you, this, it's the NHL trade deadline day. And uh, in in recent years, uh, you know, we we love to talk about uh, about the the trades here in the dub, and then you know how we get our players. And and I know Crow, you always get a kick out of doing all of the the the, the trade trees and trying to track throughout the years about where players go. But uh, you know, just a couple of years ago, tell us about uh, how you found out on uh, when when you got traded from the Moose Jaw Warriors to the Brandon Wee Kings. How did that unfold? Yeah, you know what? I wasn't. I was. I don't know. I, I was expecting it, but you know, the, you know, in the back of your head, when you feel something might happen, I was actually we had a game day against uh, Calgary Hitman, and I was taking my pregame nap, and um, my roommate Adam Ivanov actually woke me up from my nap because I usually put my uh, phone on airplane mode on game days, and he just uh, told me that um, our coach um, you know, Tim Hunter had to talk to me at the at the rink, so I went down there. He told me I've been traded. Oh, I wasn't expecting to be traded to Brandon, um, but um, you know I'm happy I did. I've had a great time in Brandon, made a lot of memories, and um, it definitely um, was a, was a really fun time. So, with that being said, what was your first impressions of Brandon? Because you'd played there as a road team before, but yeah. when you heard, "Oh, I'm going to the Brandon Weekings," were you excited? Were you annoyed? You know, did you want to go closer to home? What was your first feelings? And then when you got to Brandon, how quickly did you start to enjoy it? Yeah, you know what? I think uh, I wasn't really worried about you know being closer home or, or not. I just wanted a, you know a better opportunity, court, like obviously. And um, I think um, you know going into Brandon as as an away team was really difficult. You know, the fans are great. Um, it's pretty intimidating going in. I always had tough games there. But uh, as soon as I got there, you know, the guys were good. I adapted pretty well, and um, you know, I learned a lot there. So, yeah, I, I honestly, I cherish my time there in Brandon. So I, I'm kind of I'm glad that it, it worked out that way. What was it like doing the very first head bump after a goal? Was it kind of weird to now be a part of that <laughs> new tradition after seeing it as, an, as, a, as a road guy? You know what? I actually, I think I messed up at, I did, wasn't expecting it at first, but it took me a couple of times to kind of get used to it. <laughs> it's funny because now Reed Perpelek, you know what Perps is like. He goes 140 mile an hour with everything oh, he does. I, I've seen some clips of him. He's, he he's he's scored the other night. Times. And then he just <laughs> blows by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was laughing my head off looking at that. Uh, so you get it. You get a chance to come to Brandon and you you quickly become a fan favorite. Now, uh, who are some of the guys that really uh, kind of drew to you, you know, friends and teammates? Who were the first few guys that you kind of became buddies with in the room? Yeah, you know what? I actually, I knew Caden uh, Daly a little bit before that. And I, I texted him on the day I got traded that, um, that, I, that I was going there. And he was super pumped. The guys were pumped. Uh, and, uh, you know, I kind of, because he was my roommate there. So I was pretty close with him and, um, Connor Grunberg and Cole Reinhardt, Stelly Maffeo. So those guys were uh, definitely the ones I was closest with, and they uh, they helped me a lot with the transition. So yeah, I still talk to all, all those guys and um, most of the guys on the team as well. So um, yeah, a lot of friendships were made. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I can only imagine based on if my memory is 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 anywhere decent that I think you then scored more goals and had more points against the Moose Jaw Warriors than you did any other team. What was it like playing your former team? Because it seemed like you, more than any other guy that we've got in trade, you seem to really step up on those games. I mean, I remember six-point nights. I remember that night where you, you won an OT. Like, there were some, some big moments. Did you kind of do, like, the Michael Jordan last dance where 
you kind of took it personally. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> I did. I uh, I took it oh, personally. I love those games. I uh, I just wanted to prove them wrong for for trading me. Um, you know, I I never let off the gas against them, and I, um, you know, I kind of, you know, I had kind of, I was pissed off a bit going into those games. So, um, I always wanted to, you know, especially with, uh, you know, it's Tim Hunter on the other side and stuff like that. And, um, I wanted to prove them wrong and, and Alan Miller and for trading me away. So I, uh, yeah, like I like you guys said, I took it personally. <laughs> you got me in trouble, Burrs, because that night you scored. You the got OG yourself winner. in trouble. I, was I just got myself say. into trouble, but I remember <laughs> I, I talked to you Burrs the day before at practice and you said, almost exactly what you just said. You know, you were pissed off. You, you wanted to prove them wrong. You know, you felt like, you know, you had something to prove and whatever else. So you built up this narrative inside my head and then you score the OT winner. And for whatever <laughs> reason, I said, take that Alan Miller. <laughs> when yeah, you you know, the game winner. You know, my, my, oh, parents, man. my parents were laughing. They loved that. They loved when you <laughs> said that. The, uh, the warriors weren't a big fan of that. <laughs> I never did get fined or anything. I thought for sure I would, but the second I said it, I knew I was like, Oh, that's not going to be good. <laughs> so you get a chance now to spend the summer debating. Okay. How much direction did you have? Am I going back to junior? Am I going to be in the American league? Especially when things started talking, when the ball got rolling about the, the bubble and the hub in Regina, where were you at on that? Did you know you were going to stay in pro? How did that all transpire? Yeah, you know what? I actually, I didn't have a really good, uh, like, good I don't know. Like, I didn't really know what was going to go on because I think um, Colorado called me a week before the bubble started. That's how I kind of found out I was going, um, coming here. So uh, it was kind of just, it was all up in the air before that. Are you happy with the decision to stay pro or would you have wanted to experience the hub? Like, what's your thoughts on that? You know what? I think uh, without COVID, I think we would have had a really special team this year. We could have honestly made a push for the league championship and Memorial Cup, obviously. Um, that, you know, kind of angered me a bit. But um, I think that, you know, obviously you want to always make the jump to you know, the next level. So I was happy with my decision and, and coming here and, and obviously just trying to you know, learn and get better every day is it a little bittersweet to kind of watch the team when they are playing well that you kind of want to be a part of that then or are you kind of just comfortable with where you're at and kind of putting that behind you at this point can you just kind of cheer for them and just let them you know kind of more 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 be happy for the guys that that, that are there yeah you know what i think um i had my time there and um i had my fun did really well and I think, uh, you know, seeing guys like Jake Chase on have a good year and Ben McCartney and they're stepping up and, you know, it's, it's really good to see. And I'm just cheering them on now and, um, just hoping for the best for them. Have you, have you talked at all with the, with Cole Reinhardt? Because you too, I know you said you keep in touch with those guys. Is what's his situation like up in Canada? Is it, is it a little different than yours when it comes to, uh, you know, the types of buildings and stuff. Cause I know in some places they're playing in practice facilities, other places are in the NHL buildings. And I believe Cole is in his NHL building, but w- when it comes to that relationship, you guys talking every day, are you kind of competing for points and that sort of thing? <laughs> you know what? I, I uh, talked to him here and there, but um, I think he's, he's doing really well right now. I think he's got about five or six points and um, you know what? I, I think he's doing doing a great job there and I think he's playing a lot of minutes too so it's good to see I'm always cheering, cheering those guys on how about um, Logan Thompson and Henderson have you I was had gonna a chance say, to was play gonna, against him yet I was going to say you never forget your first and Burrs let's talk about 
Let's talk about that game versus LT. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I actually got my first goal in LT. Um, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And you know, you know what, after that, uh, it was in, after the period stopped, he kind of just gave me a little a smile because we were or skinned by each other um, to get to our uh, dressing rooms. And he just gave me a little, little smirk. So it was kind of cool to see. He's been playing some lights out hockey right now as they continue to lead that Pacific division. You're in there 18 and six. You guys are kind of middle of the pack, couple of games above 500. So, uh, you know, in that division, it's got to be cool. I mean, in a regular year, if I had to pick a division to play in, it would be that Pacific division. I mean, you got all the California teams, the nice weather areas. You guys yeah. are probably in the coldest of the places. Uh, you know, what's it like kind of traveling around that part of the world? Have you ever been in any of those places before? No, I haven't, haven't been to Vegas. Um, California, I was there maybe like in the airport and then left. Like, honestly, all our trips are really nice. Like, later on in the month, we're going to Tucson, Arizona. So, um, like all, all the places you go to are really nice and, um, cool rings to play in as well. So, um, you know, it's been really fun going on the road this year. You're going to miss those trips to PA though, right? (laughs) Are are you busing? No comment. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um we uh we fly i wasn't sure how that worked because i know some of them are relatively close like what is it colorado to you know california vegas it's all relatively dry from the western league perspective they're all within driving distance oh yeah <laughs> um I, I was gonna ask you so when you were in brandon obviously you had two different coaches and you finished with dave lowry talk about the impact he had on you because as a guy that has the resume he did, and you and I talked about this a couple of times in some different interviews in your time at Brandon, where you said, you know what, it's easy to go to battle for a guy that's been there in your shoes before. So touch a little bit on what Dave Lowry brought to, to your resume. Yeah. Um, he, he was honestly, he was great. He um, obviously knew what it, what it took to get to the next level. And um, our practices are basically, our practices last year is same, same as here and other, other teams probably as well. So, um, it definitely got you ready to, you know, get to the pro level. Um, you know, he, uh, he made us probably one of the most well-conditioned teams in the league last year as well. And in the second half, we were pretty much unstoppable. And, um, yeah, I honestly can't thank him enough. Um, he's made a lot of, a lot of guys in that team last year a lot better. So. Um, one of my favorite moments, Burst, was last year, and you might remember this. It was near the end of the year. And you guys were doing that, uh, that skating drill where uh, there's guys along both boards and at the end, right? And you yeah. skate and then you rotate and then you skate. And it's just, it's the, it's the worst drill you guys have to do for skating. And you guys <laughs> have been doing it for maybe, I want to say 10 minutes. And Dave said, Goody, are we done yet? And Goody trying to be the tough guy was like, no, sir. <laughs> so you kept skating. And finally he said, Goody, are you done yet? Goody's like, yes. And he goes, Jesus, you should have said that 10 minutes ago. We could have went home. And then off the yeah. ice he went. Yeah, early, were you guys early, mad at Goody for that? <laughs> no, you know, earlier in the year, you actually got a couple guys like that. He uh, <laughs> he would he would ask guys, "Are we done yet?" And it happened like two or three times. <laughs> then, uh, by the end, people, like, he would ask like one of the guys who coming in or whatever, and we'd be like, "No, don't say yes, don't say yes." <laughs> so funny. Goody, are we done? Did, yeah. did, did anybody else like say yes too early? Then they get called out by Dave on both that or what? <laughs> oh yeah, I think. I think when Perps came in, he said yes <laughs> or, or no. He said no or something like that. I don't even know. He just ended uh, up skating again. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Have you been able to sit down and watch any games in the hub or are you just watching the highlights on social media? What's your 
what's your viewing of the Brandon Wheat Kings been this year? Yeah, you know what? Um, actually, I've just been watching on um, like Instagram. Um, the page posts really good clips, so I just watch on there some of the highlights. But I don't have WHL live. Um, might get it here to watch a couple games. We'll have, have you to. been talking to any of the guys regularly? Yeah, yeah. I um, I've been talking to you know Chase on Janelle, uh, Salami, Schneider, all those guys. So, what about Vinny? Um, Is he still irritating you like he used to do? <laughs> I actually haven't. I've talked to Vinny maybe a couple times. He uh, the one the one goalie went end to end. It was pretty nice. That was fantastic. That was yeah. not like Vinny. Yeah. Nice goal. I used to laugh at uh, one of your first one of the first times Vinny was around as a rookie. He was doing some dumb shit as Vinny does because he's just a funny <laughs> young kid. And I remember at one point somebody said, I think it was Scooter said, uh, that's just a typical BC guy. And I remember hearing you from the back of the bus saying, Vinny, cut it out. You're giving the rest of us a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny's too funny. For he's those that are watching uh, on the, on the, on the video screen, Burrs, you now got your iconic classic smile. One of the regrets for me, the fact that we couldn't uh, have you back on the team this year, is if you were turning as a 20, we had full intentions of having a Burzan bobblehead and just having that big toothless grin because uh, that's just become <laughs> such a Burrs thing. But I don't know if you've seen in the hub, but uh, we do have your cardboard cutout sitting in the stands there at least for, for, the, for this season. So you're actually really? in the hub cheering on the team. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. You have I'll a day. Have to get a picture of that. No, no one told me either. Oh, I'll see if I can get, get Scooter to uh, see if I can get Scooter to, to grab a picture. Uh, uh, here's an interesting thing. You may as well tell the fans about it. And some people know. Some people have heard the story before. But let's go through you actually losing the teeth. How, how explain to the fans how that all came about? Was it both at the same time, or was it one once and then one another one? Yeah, what happened was I uh, was in Ottawa for a rookie tournament, and we were playing Toronto. And I, I got a stick up high and it was kind of, I don't know, I was in shock. I think I like swallowed half a tooth, spat the other one out, lost one fully. And then that was brutal. I was spitting blood the whole night, next day. Um, and then uh, I got them fixed and I just had the one missing. Um, and then I think second last game of the year against Reg was like maybe with a couple seconds left and then um, I dove for a puck and so did one of the Rujaya defensemen and he tried to like swat it out and miss the puck and just hit me right in my fake tooth and just knocked like you know, broke in two pieces and then they had to pull it out and so I just kind of been rocking this style now. <laughs> it's it's a very hockey appropriate uh, style so why would you yeah. want to change it? Yeah, people say that it looks better with the two missing instead of one so I'll take that. <laughs> He's got to own it, exactly. So obviously you're a Colorado Avalanche property, and they are one of the top teams in the NHL right now. So how neat is it to watch different guys, you know, kind of get called up and down and be a part of that organization when things are looking certainly on the on the bright side for the Avs? Yeah, it's really cool to see. I think, um, you know, everybody on the team, you know, cheers each other on, and they're really, really pumped when guys go up. Um you know, I think they obviously have a really special team this year and it's really cool to watch. And, you know, sometimes they're unstoppable, like watching McKinnon, Ren and all those guys. So, um, yeah, it's really cool to see guys go up and, and do great. Um, like, oh, another, um, BC guy, Kyle Burrows, just got called up a week ago and played his first game. So that was cool to see, you know, 
um, happy for those guys. And obviously you hope to get the chance to do that someday. Where are you at on a contract talk? I know they, they're, they're kind of letting you, I don't want to say play for free because they aren't getting hit with a salary cap by having you play there because of the COVID situation. So is that just buying them some time to let you develop a little bit before they have to commit to a contract or where are you at there? You know, I, um, I haven't really had a lot of talks, but honestly, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, right now I'm just kind of just taking it day by day and just trying to get better. I think, uh, if I do well and not worry about that, I think that'll come later on. Um, so right now I'm just not too worried about that. What's the fan Obviously, situation been like throughout the buildings that you've been playing in so far? Any fans? Yeah, you know, we, we went to Texas and it was about I don't know, 50% capacity. And then uh, Henderson had it, um, had some fans there too. I think uh, California teams and us are not uh, allowing really anybody in right now. Maybe just family and friends. That's it. So has it been a weird adjustment? Because I know the guys here in Regina have said they haven't really noticed it at all with the music. And, and once you get into the f- game, you're not paying attention. Have you noticed it? Has it been weird for you? Um, Not really. I think uh, when you're in, you kind of, you know, we usually don't look at the fans. I think obviously you get energy and, and stuff like that. But um, we, at our rank, we actually have the, the fake uh, fan noises that <laughs> help a little bit, but um, you, know, you kind of just, you kind of just dialed in and, don't really pay attention to be honest. So, so when you're playing down there in the American hockey league, you touched on some of the biggest differences and you know, the, the size and the speed and that sort of thing. But uh, have you had to change your game at all? Because you know what you are in junior doesn't always translate into what you're going to be as a pro. So what sort of direction are you getting from your coaches and, and from the avalanches to what they want you to be? Yeah. You know what? Um, the games I've played have been um, mostly on the fourth line. I think, um, when I'm there, I just try to create energy, obviously, um, get some scoring chances, try to, you know, um, make hits, um, get pucks on net. Um, I don't try to game, change my game too much. I just try to, you know, play the same, make some plays. Um, these, um, our coach, um, Gary Cohen is pretty, pretty, um, free, like on guys making plays in the offensive zone. Um, so hasn't changed too much. Let's finish off with some uh, some some one offs as uh, fans miss Burrs. They really do, and and the fans <laughs> and Brandon, they the biggest topic of conversation coming into the year was without Burrs, who's going to do the scoring? Well, luckily, <laughs> Nolan Richie's picked up some of the slack. Uh, of course, Ben McCartney, Linda McCallum, guys have really stepped up. So, uh, Burrs, if you had to uh, place a bet on who's going to finish atop the Brandon Wheat King scoring leaders race, where are you putting your money right now? Um, there's only I'm about six games with, left and it's pretty tight. So you, you got about three or four good choices here. Who's, uh, who's top three right now? It's Richie, uh, right? Rids, Richie and Ridley, uh, Ridley, Richie and McCartney. Ooh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go with Ridley. I think that's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, tell us a little bit about where you're staying. Are you in a hotel? Are you in an apartment condo? What's your living situation? Yeah, you know, actually, we're living in a team apartment right now. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great, great place. Everything's here. So it's nice. Are you cooking for yourself? I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a difficult thing? I talked to Ben McCartney and he said he just he was just miserable cooking for himself all summer. <laughs> I uh, what, actually what's like the best it. thing. What's the best thing that you cook? Um, I don't know. I make pretty, pretty simple meals like salmon and, and rice and 
um, like Caesar salad, things like that. The simple um, can be good. It doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. I, I'm not like the, the biggest chef, but I can cook a decent meal. You were always uh, a pretty big, uh, pretty big gamer, if I remember correctly. What are some of the what are some of the games that are helping you pass the time? Um, actually, uh, yeah, I've been playing Call of Duty Warzone. Kind of into it, that right now. Is it a team with. thing? Like, are a lot of you guys playing it? Um, most guys do. I usually play with guys like back at home and uh, some of the Brandon boys as well. So, what have you killed on Netflix or Amazon? Uh, what's your go-to time-killing show? Um. Probably uh, Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> oh, that's a classic. That's taking it back. Uh, I watched every, yeah. What was your favorite rink in the Western Hockey League to play in? Favorite rink? Um, you know what? I got to say, uh, I'll say West Toba. I think, honestly, our rink, uh, you know, it's, it's always loud. Lots of fans. I love playing there. Like, I'm going to go with that. I've been thinking ever since you kind of answered the question about Moose Jaw and about how you took it personally. Is there any other like any other team or any like any other specific player from your junior days that you would also step up your game to want to take on? I don't know if there is. Um, I don't know if I uh, really had any like beef with anyone like that. <laughs> no, you I were think, pretty. Uh, you were pretty collected, fella. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh who in your mind in the western hockey league and and let's not include brandon here we won't let you choose brandon best jerseys in the western hockey league not including brandon mm, i'd say um probably spokane's like the alternating the blue ones those are pretty uh, sweet I, I, I like those who is the best and worst guy to room with in brandon best and worst um, best, um, probably Riley Janelle worst <laughs> read purple luck. <laughs> <laughs> Who is, you the can say fun- that now cause he can't beat you up from here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Who is the funniest weaking? Funniest weaking? Yeah. Probably Ben McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That guy's just a goofball. <laughs> Uh, did you take your golf clubs down there? Are you are you a golfer? Like, are you allowed? I mean, I don't even know. Are you guys even allowed to go out and swing the sticks or go play tennis or do anything outside? Yeah, we actually um, we got free golf at a course here, but I uh, I don't have clubs. Never purchased any, but I'm gonna have to do that this summer. I usually just I work at a golf course in summer, so they have good rentals there, so I usually do that. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, we can wrap it up. Uh, I, I just want to say, you know, Burns, it's been fun to watch you play, uh, but I certainly can't wait to see you get into the NHL. Have you set any, you know, goals for yourself? Like, what do you think personally you have to do in order to hear your name get called on that coach's list? Hey, you're, you're going up. Yeah, I think just, um, just getting better every day. Um, I think doing the right things that obviously listening, um, listening for details. I think details are really important. Um, you know, obviously if you have a you know, bad chef, you can't get, get uh, down yourself. Um, yeah, just staying positive every day and, um, don't get down when other guys call up and, um, yeah, that's about it. I guess that that's, that leads me to another question. Is it, you know, in, 
it's weird because, you know, growing up in, in minor hockey, you know, when you get to that Bantam midget age group, when one of your buddies gets to AP up in the Western League or AP up to the BCHL, you know, you're pumped for him and you're thinking, this is awesome. And you watch his game, you're yeah. super excited. But when you're in the American League and you see a guy get a call up, you're kind of annoyed because that could be you. So is it was that a hard adjustment to make when you see a buddy get called up because you want to be happy for him, but you also think, damn, that could have been me, you know? Is that kind of a weird adjustment? You know, I, I think, yeah, right now I'm, I'm young. So, um, obviously it just motivates me. I think, you know, you want to get there one day. So I don't really get too like down. I think, you know, I'm happy for them and, um, it just motivates me. Like I said, Burrs, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us here tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Good thanks luck the rest of the way, Burrs. Thanks guys. Well, thanks again to Luca Burzan, episode 51, uh, the guest weekly harvest presented by Coors Light. Again, all of the previous episodes available at qcountryfm.ca. Q Country, the exclusive home to all things Brandon Weekings, whether it be the game broadcast, uh, broadcast, whether it be the, the podcast here, whether it be the crow's nest every day at 12 and 5, thanks to Westman Business, your daily scoop of Weeking hockey, uh, Q Country, the home to all things Weekings. Uh, Crow, before we uh, go too much further, I know that uh, we wanted to talk about uh, the games coming up this week. There's a couple of big ones. Uh, but uh, one thing that uh, we talked about last week on the pod that we'll talk about again right now is the 50-50 and a little update. So I did contact Jeff McIntosh and uh, are going to do an interview with uh, with Dr. McIntosh about uh, you know playing with the Brandon Wee Kings, using the scholarship uh, fund to go into further his education and uh, where he's at now. And that was going to be used uh, for our uh, for our game broadcast to help promote about where the uh, education fund uh, is uh, you know where where that money goes to help out um, so we're gonna be talking to him and we will uh, probably air that a little bit on the weekly harvest as well but yeah. uh, the the 50 50 it's always nice to see that grow here yeah and it's it's unfortunate that uh, because of the lottery laws that you have to be in Manitoba because I know that there's a lot of people we have fans all over, and we got lots of parents yeah. from all over Western Canada that are probably reaching out to their billet family saying, hey, buy me a ticket. I'll e-transfer you 20 bucks because uh, that's kind of the only, I would say, the only negative of the 50-50 is that you have to be inside the Manitoba borders. And you're asking, well, what happens if I'm not? Well, I'm telling you, right now I'm in Regina. My computer knows I'm in Regina because of, you know, the Internet and stuff. And if I click, click here to buy tickets, it says page not available because it knows I'm in Regina. So, uh, anyway, if you are in Manitoba and you want to support the Scholarship Foundation and a chance to win some cash, click on the banner at the top of the page. It's uh, it's right there. The next draw will be made this Sunday, the 18th at 10 p.m. So we got about seven, eight days left to help grow the pot. Uh, the last two pots, uh, even around that $2,000, range, um, and certainly be nice to, to grow that pot as the winner would uh, take home a little bit more. The pot grows, people win more. So uh, check it out. There's different uh, increments, uh, $10 for three, uh, $20 for 10, and $50 for 50 tickets. So uh, you can purchase that at the Wheat King website. Just click the banner at the top. You can't miss it. Coming up this week, we get uh, a double dose of back-to-back action as the guys play. Now, we're recording this on uh, on Monday night. Now, this is going to be coming out on Tuesday a game day, because we play Tuesday and we play Wednesday. Two days on, two days off, two days on. Uh, Moose Jaw tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, and the Moose Jaw game will be Moose Jaw's broadcast online. The Wednesday night game against Winnipeg will be my CKLQ broadcast. And then it'll be flipped on the weekend. So the Moose Jaw game will be mine, and the Winnipeg game on the uh, Sunday will be Mitch Peacock. Uh, so realistically, two, four, six, only eight games left in the season. Um, and certainly it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Eight games left. Down. Four are home 
and four are away. Um, just so people know in terms of what you know what what feed they're going to get. But yeah, we're we're winding down in the hub here, and uh, that was unfortunately a, probably a pretty big loss um, to Saskatoon to to lose in regulation uh, last night. But uh, you know, to now only be two points back, still still in the thick of it, and a couple of big games here this week. But uh, your thoughts, Crow, on just the way that the guys have been playing after riding that eight-game win streak now to lose an OT versus Regina, where a game where they had how many posts hit oh. and just could not do it, and then uh, and then this game last night, the, the ice seemed like it was tilted, put forty-four shots on, and just could not get more than those two by. Um, just it was just a spectacular goaltending effort. But like, what do the Wheat Kings have to do to get back in the win column now after the last two games? Well, we know they can score goals. I mean, they've scored the most goals in the East Division hub. Uh, scoring hasn't been a problem. That eight-game winning streak, they outscored their opponents 41-14. But it, sometimes it's just the way it goes. And, you know, I look back to the Regina game. I knew going into that game that something special was going to happen with Connor Bedard. I just had a feeling. I, I'm, a, I'm a true believer in, in the hockey gods uh, and, and karma and, you know, that whole thing. And, and knowing that Connor had lost his grandfather – and said, I want to play that final game. I just knew. It had a very... Now, you're a Blue Jays fan. Do you remember a handful of years ago, John McDonald's father passed away, and the Jays played on Father's Day. And his first at-bat, after his father died, on Father's Day, what does he do? He hits a home hits a run. Yep. And, and it was just... You, you see that. Brett Favre, lo- losing his father, goes out on Monday Night Football, throws four touchdown passes. I mean, you, you just it, the stories over and over and over again. You can't script it. So I knew going into that one when it went to overtime, and I saw Bedard on the ice. I thought, "All right, this is it. There goes the winning streak." I just knew it. And realistically, I know Nolan Richie made me look like a fool in the post game show <laughs> because of his uh, competitiveness, and uh, you know he didn't, you know he didn't quite answer the way I was hoping he would when I asked him about that game winning goal because he didn't want to lose. But even as a fan of the Wheat Kings, you had to appreciate what happened that night. So. Uh, that one I saw it coming, and then, boy, Brandon was the better team against Saskatoon. Aside from the start, Brandon was the better team. Nolan Mayer was just unbelievable. Was, oh, it was, was unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Yeah, just the unreal. saves he made, I mean, Brandon had probably six to nine high-quality scoring chances that he made highlight reel saves on, and sometimes that's just the way it goes, right? And, and like Don McGilvery said in the post-game show, you'd rather you know shoot 20, 44 times than give up 44. So you can't fault the effort. It was there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just one of those nights, you know, things just don't go your way. So I said in the pregame show uh, of the game on the radio that the final game of the season, Brandon Saskatoon, very well could determine who wins coming out of the hub with that bronzed meatball sub trophy that I'm I really up. hope. You know what? That's, I really hope. That's been this, like, funny rumor going around. <laughs> And now all I want more than anything is for us to it's have like a, a bronze, foot long, bronze trophy that's like a mock on like, like, like the, the Vince Lombardi, like on, on a pedestal, <laughs> on an angle, just as foot long. Yeah. Meatball sub. Oh, that'd be fantastic. It'd be great. Instead of drinking out of it, like the Stanley Cup or the Grey Cup, guys are like posing, like pretending to bite out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. And the other thing I had too, a, a fan, a fan reached out to me and was like, Hey, you know how when you win the division, you normally get the traditional red banner. Well, does this year, because it's sponsored by Subway, is it a lime green banner with oh. yellow writing that says East Division Subway Hub Champions? Because, boy, aesthetically in the arena in Brandon, you've got the red seats 
and the historical red banners, three rows of them in the rafters, then you're going to throw a lime green one into the mix. That would look awfully funny when it comes to the no, uh, banners in the rafters. So <laughs> no, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm just making it up at this point. So <laughs> uh, I'm running. I'm starting to go a little loopy. I believe the correct word is squirrely. There's nothing I'd rather be doing. We have to. We have to give that, uh, what's the word, the uh, disclaimer that, yes, it may be difficult, and yes, we may find it entertaining to air our grievances over the podcast, whether it be lack of sleep or poorly timed starts, 9 p.m. Manitoba, whose idea was that? And, um, but at the end of the day, we're loving it. There's nothing else we'd rather be doing. So, Oh, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Except maybe for fishing at some times. But fishing season's <laughs> closed now, yeah. unless I can go find yeah. a trout pond. So. All right, I'll do it for episode 51. We'll talk to you again next week on episode 52 of the Weekly Harvest. Again, all of these episodes brought to you by our good friends at Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wheat Kings, and available at qcountryfm.ca or really wherever you listen to your podcast. If it's if it's Apple, if it's Google, if it's Spotify, if it's Podbean, however it is, appreciate you listening, subscribing, and downloading. Until next weekend, have a good one. Cheers. Be sure to follow Q Country and the Wheat Kings on Twitter and Facebook for all your Brandon Wheat Kings news. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest.